Attacking on the track, like I'm tackling the back, right up out of the backfield. What up, Cadillac? Williams, will you please give me the football back so I can run right to the top? Hey, piggies. Welcome back. We're through week five. Uh, Alan and I have taken a couple weeks off to handle some personal matters, play a little football of our own. Um, but Alan, it's good to talk to you again. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Glad to get back on this horse with you. <laughs> yeah, we got a, a pretty interesting slate to run down fantasy wise and um, gambling wise. I mean, there's a lot of a tough, a lot of tough games this week to pick and then some, I don't know, some fantasy duds and some fantasy explosions I could see. Yeah, just rolling through bye weeks, you know, there are a lot of uh, deeper sleepers that, you know, are worth it in a in a in a pinch just because everybody's in different situations with their roster. So let's go through and let's let's see what we can figure out. Yeah, so I mean, we're watching the the Patriots Giants as we speak, and the Giants are actually putting up a a good comeback here, or a good effort. I had the Patriots minus seventeen, but I wasn't going to touch it. But first game we'll talk about starting Sunday is not in America, but Carolina at Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay is technically the home team, but Carolina's favored at two and a half after starting at a pick'em. Uh, to touch on my analysis first before fantasy, this is a tough game, right? I mean, divisional matchup, these two are rivals. They will play each other tough most of the time. So I typically favor the home team here. Since it's in a neutral environment, I'm leaning Tampa Bay, but I, I don't know. Before I make my pick, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this game? Really, it's it's a difference of uh, defenses. Carolina is a much better defense, um, but um, just on the offensive side of the ball, you know, DJ Moore has 44 targets and Curtis Samuel has 43 targets and they both have one touchdown each. So Tampa Bay is dead last. They've given up the most amount of pass yards in the league. Um, so I, so I see Kyle Allen being, you know, a very good DFS start. Um, you know, if you've got some quarterbacks on by and you're streaming quarterbacks, I I do recommend, uh, Kyle Allen this week. Um, just from the Carolina side, just beware of Greg Olson because he only has six targets over the last two games. And then you look at Tampa Bay, you know, Chris Godwin's the number one overall wide receiver. Can he keep it up? Um, Evans is the 14th wide receiver, but that's because that one huge game in week three, yep. um, you know, and, and Carolina is really just stuffed quarterbacks. You know, uh, Jared Goff scored under eight Winston 11 the first time around Kyler Murray, 18 uh, Deshaun Watson, eight and Gardner Minshew, 17. So, um, you know, they've been able to shut down quarterbacks. So I, I'm, I would pick Carolina in this one. Okay. Um, I'm leaning towards Carolina because Tampa Bay won the first matchup this year. Um, and since it's a neutral site, it's kind of hard. But, you know, I, I I like Carolina overall as a better team. But I think Tampa Bay is a little underrated. I get that they've given up a lot of passing yards. Their run defense has been very stout for the most part. But when you look at their schedule, they lost to the Niners. They beat the Panthers. They lost to the Giants. Uh, with Daniel Jones beat the Rams and then barely lost to New Orleans last week. So I don't think Tampa's terrible, but I think Carolina wins it because it's divisional matchup and they lost the first game. Carolina's going to be a little hungrier for this win than Tampa Bay is. And, and Tampa Bay's really stepped up with uh, you know learning Bruce Arians' offense. Um, everybody wanted to jump down Winston's throat right away. It's like, hold on, hold on. He's in a new right. offense. Let's give him a little time. Um, you know, so the, it's a good offense, but it's a terrible defense. And that's really where I see the difference. And uh, what would you say the line was? Two and a half? Two and a half, yep. 
to yeah, Carolina. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Carolina. All right. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I mean, you know who filled into Arians' offense pretty nicely was Chris Godwin, number one wide receiver overall so far. Uh, those, <laughs> yeah. those who took that risk and thought he could get 100 targets or 100 catches, sorry, um, they're getting rewarded right now. Big time. Next game, we have another big divisional matchup, Cincinnati at Baltimore. And I say big because historically this game is a, a good game. We have the 0-5 Bengals against the 3-2 and Ravens. Ravens have shown kind of a Jekyll and Hyde this year to me. I mean, the first two games were against bad teams, but they came out and just destroyed their opponents. Offense looked unstoppable, right? Uh, they've since came back to earth a little bit from there. I think I think they still have a lot of weapons. Their defense isn't as strong as we thought it would be this year, but it's still pretty good. Um, this line started at eight and a half to the Ravens. It's now to eleven at the Ravens. My gut thought Baltimore because they might make a statement here, but I'm switching and I I'm taking Cincinnati plus eleven here. I think because of the divisional matchup, Andy Dalton's gonna be a little pissed off. He hasn't won a game yet and I don't think they win this but I think they keep it close enough to cover that spread yeah it's very interesting Dalton could be a, a streaming play as well because um, when you look at the past performances for the first uh, you know five weeks of the season uh, Baltimore doesn't give up any huge um, fantasy performances but it seems like somebody is always open it's pretty much spread out across the board so you know of course uh, you're you're locking in Tyler Boyd who at um, 60 targets, which is the number two targets in the league, um, is at a 1.7% touchdown rate. So um, definitely like him to get some positive regression there. And then you're looking at Baltimore. You know, Mark Andrews is the top receiver. If you if he's uh, you know if he's active, he's in your lineup. Um, I'm not really sure what to do about the receivers. I mean, you know, we were talking offline about the boom bust possibility, and that's definitely what you know Marquise Brown brings to the table. Um, but what's interesting is check out this murderer's row. Okay. These are the running backs that Cincinnati has given up 14 points to Chris Carson, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mosert, Matt Briata, Frank Gore, Jalen Samuels, James Connor, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds. Wow. Yeah. I guess it makes All sense. Teams get up and All they, they ground and pound on them. So, so yes, Mark, Mark Ingram is, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be the chalk play or not, but he should be in every lineup. Yeah. I like that a lot. I also like Gus Edwards here. I mean, to your point, you're, you're hearing a second and third tier backs on a team putting up 15 plus yep. points. I mean, you can get a Gus Edwards in a tournament for literally minimum price. So not a bad dart throw either, but I really like Ingram this week. I got him on a couple teams, so I'm, I'm excited to see how he can pan out there. What about Auden Tate? Guys kind of came out of you nowhere know, recently. You know, I like, and- yeah, he's kind of built more like a tight end. Um, but, you know, it's it's really just funneling through Boyd and Tate now. So um, I think either Tate or uh, Gus Edwards, as you mentioned, um, are definitely flex-worthy. So, you know, yeah. pick them up. Throw them in your flex if you're you're hurting with injuries and or bye weeks and it's a, it's a good yeah. bet. Couple of couple of low owned guys and you're like ten to twelve team, not super competitive leagues. If you're out there listening, go grab those guys. They're sneaky plays this week. Um, next game on the docket, a very intriguing one. I love this game. It's Seattle at Cleveland. 
The line opened up minus two and a half to Cleveland, Cleveland being the favorite at home, and it is now bet to minus one and a half to Seattle. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this game, both betting and fantasy? Um, betting, I, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, with Seattle there just cause I'm not sure what to do with Cleveland. I mean, they really haven't shown anything. It's not like they've lost close games. Cause that'd be one thing, right? Right. Maybe they just got an unlucky, but you know, you, for Seattle, you're looking at, at everything going through Tyler Lockett and Will Disley. And then I was looking at it and you, I don't know if you've looked at Tyler Lockett's target numbers by game, right? Yeah. Two, 12, 14, four. Four. It's like really, there's no, there's nothing between five and eleven. So it's right. either you know a ton of targets or no targets. And you know, I don't know how you sit Lockett, especially in a prime matchup like this. But you know, it's a, it's a little tough. But what you should be excited to do is start Wilson and Chris Carson because Cleveland versus running backs gave up uh, 29 points to Derrick Henry, 21 to Le'Veon Bell, and 28 to Matt Briata. So. You know, they're, they're definitely looking to get gashed there. For sure. And, I mean, I, I don't own Lockett because I kind of predicted that in inaccurate usage and DK Metcalf kind of taking some of the red zone stuff. So I'm glad I don't have him because that would be frustrating. Disley is emerging as a, a true threat. And I, saw, I don't remember where I saw this. It was on Twitter or Reddit. But they're designing more plays for Disley this year than to Lockett, which is pretty insane. But Yeah, and, and – the the biggest you know signal for Will Disley was they released Jacob Halster that they got from New England and then they traded Nick Vanette. Yeah. So if that doesn't say we have confidence in this guy and Seattle's right. a you know good strong stable organization not like some other ones <clears throat> Redskins but um <laughs> you know that 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 should signal everything you need to know about uh, Will Disley. So yeah, and, and I it, was wrong. In, in terms of the game, like I have, I've picked Cleveland a couple times this year in the NFL six pack. Um, I'm leaning towards Seattle as well. And I put him in the six pack today as my third pick just because they are a much better overall team. Um, they're, they're coming off 10 days rest, right? They played Thursday against the Rams last week. So they have 10 days rest. Cleveland played Monday, uh, got their, their butt spanked by the Niners who were also coming off the, a longer rest. So I, I want to say that they're going to come out clawing and scratching because they need something to prove. But uh, I feel like Seattle is just a much better team on both sides of the ball and they're going to control it. And if it becomes a shootout, I have much more faith in Russell Wilson than Baker Mayfield right now. Russell Wilson's stats are right, astronomical it, this week or this year. And, and you know, I, I really want to know what's going to happen with the Browns, right? Is Freddie Kitchens going to be able to turn it around or, or what's going on? Because – you know, he did so well taking over midseason last year. So what happened? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's weird. It's uh, one of the bigger mysteries. And I think the, the biggest storyline is, are the Browns actually good or are they just okay? That was going to hit this year. But that's that's where we're at in the NFL. But yeah, real quick. Yeah, exactly. Russell Wilson, 73% passing completion, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions this year. Sure, he's not yeah, throwing not for 300, 350, but... Is- yeah. That guy's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's I could definitely see him ending up with 25 to 30 touchdowns and two to three picks. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks do that. Yeah. But for fantasy, he's not a, a stud by any means. They run the ball so much. Next game, 
one of the most exciting games of the week, if not the most exciting game of the week, Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. And man, the public is loving Houston. This opened up at minus eight and a half to Kansas City. It is now minus four and a half to Kansas City in Arrowhead. That's that's quite shocking to me. That's that's insane. This is I, I really hope that this turns into the game that it's setting up to be. Right, me too. And and my number one pick of the actually it's my number two pick of the week, but is the over on this game. And yeah, sure, everybody thinks this game's gonna go over and be a shootout. Houston's defense been pretty good this year. Um, even though it looked like they were gonna regress, they lost some key pieces. They've been pretty stout so far and they have a good pass rush. Um and if Patrick Mahomes isn't one hundred percent, because he was hobbled by that ankle last week, um, that might bite me in the butt, but for now, I think this game is going to be a 35 to 28 type game. I see Kansas City coming out because they're not going to lose two games in a row. But uh, Houston's going to play them tough. They've been very good this year. Deshaun Watson will not go down without a fight. So I just can't see defenses stepping up in this scenario with two of the best young quarterbacks in the game going at it. Yeah, I mean, what what other notes can you have on this game other than play everybody? Right. Uh, my two my two big takeaways are, you know, don't chase Will Fuller, right? He was due to have a huge game, so um, definitely don't chase it and don't, you know, overthink it with DeAndre Hopkins. But the other part is, will Tyreek Hill come back? You know, he's, yep. he's been practicing limitedly, if we're going to call it that, just you know, run with it, um, you know, with his shoulder, we'll see, we'll see if he comes back. Um, you know, this is a big game for them, but if he does not come back, um, you know, Robinson led Kansas city in targets and snaps last week. So I saw a bunch of people going after Byron Pringle and that's fine. But if Tyreek does not play Robinson has to be in, um, at least one DFS lineup. Don't leave him on your bench because this is the type of game where he could have, Six targets, two catches for a buck twenty and two touchdowns. I like that. I like that a lot. But Sammy Watkins hamstring injury too. So um, I did chase Byron Pringle in a couple of different leagues. I'm I'm not starting him yet until these um, injury news come this Sunday. But I'm definitely running out Byron Pringle if Sammy and Hill aren't playing. And McCole Hardman. Obviously There's no way you starting. can't. Yeah, Robinson, Hardman, Pringle, all of them are in your lineup. Yeah, everybody start everybody. The only people you're benching are the defenses for both teams. Uh, very much so. And if you're really struggling with tight end, you know, take a look at uh, Jordan Akins for Houston. And I mean, it's a dart throw. If you need a dart throw where somebody's going to get more than, you know, two targets, then, you know, that's an option. Yep. I could see him four targets, three catches, two touchdowns. It's kind of what he does. He's right? a huge target in the red zone. Um. Next game is is also a kind of shockingly exciting game at this point in the the season. New Orleans led by There's only one reason why it's exciting. Why Gardner Minshew? Uh, <laughs> hey, Gardner Minshew's the man, the mustache, the legend. But Teddy Bridgewater coming out undefeated in Drew Brees' absence. Um, he's not being super flashy, but I mean, pro football focus has him rated as a top 10 quarterback since he took over. He's doing the right things and he's leading this team to victories over some good, good teams. They have to go into Jacksonville and play and Jacksonville's favorited. That, that kind of blows my mind that Jacksonville's favorited over new Orleans. But, um, at this point I'm going to take Jacksonville being at home, Minshew, maybe Teddy Bridgewater comes back to earth a little bit. New Orleans can't overcome that. 
that stout pass defense in Jacksonville. I'm I'm actually totally with you on that. You know, Jacksonville shut down Deshaun Watson, uh, Mariota, and Kyle Allen. I mean, they just got crushed by, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, you're, if, if Kamara's healthy, you're starting him. There's there's nothing to start that. Um, but for New Orleans, another, you know, throw out, you know, Hail Mary, if you will, um, sneaky start is Josh Hill because he actually has eight targets over the last two weeks. So if you just need someone to fill in that, probably get four targets. There you go. Um, but what's interesting is the Saints – have given up over 30 yard or 30 point performances to DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Godwin. So, question is, are you more excited to start DJ Shark or Westbrook? I'm gonna go with somebody else. This is a dart throw in tournaments. I'm not starting him in fantasy leagues. I'm I'm more confident in Shark rest of season and this week than Westbrook. Um, hopes and dreams shattered there. But Chris Conley, he gets intermittent looks here and there, plays on the outside opposite of Chark. Um, I really think he's due for a blow-up game. I've loved him since the Kansas City days. He's super athletic, tall, can jump. All it takes is a couple of big, big receptions against this defense. And he's gotten 7-5-3-4-3 in terms of targets. Right, So 3-4-3 is not what you're looking for. But in the, the game against Kansas City, he got seven targets, six for 97 and a touchdown. So in a, a game that might be a little more offensive centric, especially if the Saints come out and do something, Chris Conley is a dart throw. Not the worst play, in my opinion. It, it depends on, you know, which week you're looking at, right? If you're looking at week four for the, Jag, uh, for the Jags, you know, Chark had eight targets, Westbrook had six, and Conley had four. Like, if you're looking at that, then fantastic. That is a great, um, you, you know, dart throw. But last week, you're looking at Chark had 11, Westbrook had 11, and Conley had three. Just really not as much there on the bones. But we'll see. I mean, there's certainly yeah. a lot of places to go with it. And we'll see. Um, you know, we had talked about it very, very early on in the season between James O'Shaughnessy and Jeff Swaim. Yep. And the takeaway was, because I took O'Shaughnessy and you took Swaim, the takeaway was if one ever gets hurt, the other one is in prime opportunity. And guess what happened? Exactly what happened. James O'Shaughnessy is out for the year. So Jeff Swain should be picked up if you don't have a second tight end and stick him in there. He's going to get his looks. Yep. Or if you were banking on Herndon, who's now out for at least a, a week or two more and just got injured, there's a lot of people who are holding on to these guys. Or Ingram, if you're worried about him, there's a lot of different reasons to want to pick up Swaim here. But I do think ultimately uh, Minshew is a very good quarterback and he's not targeting just one person. Chark has definitely been his favorite, and I think Chark deserves that. But um, we might see it going forward in the future, especially if he keeps the quarterback role that he just throws to the open guy. Um, it's going to be frustrating for fantasy owners, but unless you have Minshew, he's been well, solid. Well, he's been, he's been looking good and he's uh, putting fantasy points above, you know, all around the place and Chark's been doing better than Westbrook, but Westbrook hasn't been bad by any means. So no, I mean, it's, it's kind of surprised that, you know, Foles went down and it was like, Oh, you know, what's going to happen? This little sixth right. round quarterback comes in and just takes over the yeah. state my goodness and now, and now it's like does Foles ever have a chance or is Foles opportunity in Jacksonville done I mean it might yeah, be a hot I, take I but start him. yeah how could you I, I wouldn't start him I, it's, it's not it's not how could you start Foles it's how could you bench Minshew 
Exactly. And he's got too high of a cap hit where he's just not going to be able to go somewhere unless uh, uh, you know, team with a lot of cap space with a good record loses their quarterback and they have no faith in their backup. Yeah. Um, all right. Another big game this week, Philadelphia Eagles at the Minnesota Vikings. This game opened at minus three to the Vikings. It is still at minus three to the Vikings. Opened at a 44 total. It is still at a 44 total. Seems like Vegas nailed this one. Um, I'm not really sure what to do because the three points, obviously, I think Minnesota's going to win the game and I'll take them with the three, but I could easily see Minnesota winning this game by three points, being a barn burner close the whole time, probably around a 23 to 20 type game. I just feel like they nailed it on the head with, with what I'm thinking in terms of how this game goes. Yeah, I was looking at the, the the spread and looking at this game, and I was like, there's no way I would touch this in real life. No. Like, it's just, there's so many different ways that it can go, right? You're looking yeah. at the Eagles, and it's the Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz show, um, but Minnesota's been pretty good against the tight ends. So, I mean, you're still starting him, but you're not, you know, I'm not starting him in tournament DFS at all. Um, right. The report came out with Deshaun Jackson saying when he comes back, it's going to be mainly about pain management for him, which is not two words that I like to use when, you know, looking at fantasy players. Yep. Um, and it's too bad because he was in a smash spot. And then you're still looking at Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard splitting time almost evenly. I think it's like 54 to 46% of snaps. So, I mean, it's, you know, you're starting the players if you have them because of where you drafted them and, you know, just keep getting points, right? And then Minnesota, right? Squeaky wheel gets the grease and Adam Thielen goes off and Diggs didn't. Diggs could certainly use a change of scenery, but, you know, I mean, outside of Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, are you starting anybody? Are you comfortable starting anybody? I mean, we, we, we talked about this a little before the show, but, I mean, I do like Diggs this week. I think Adam Thielen raised his voice. They had the controversy, him and Cousins back and forth. It just – it was so obvious that Cousins was going to get his last week no matter what. Or, sorry, Thielen was going to get his from Cousins last week no matter what. Um, I like Stefan Diggs this week. Um, if I have a fantasy team and I have another person who's – a replaceable or a, a good replacement for him. I might start him, but in DFS tournaments, I am trying to get digs in a couple different lineups for, for where his price is sunk to in a potential blow up spot. Um, because Eagles defense hasn't been that great this year. And then I don't know if your question was just about Minnesota, but Jordan Howard is on the rise. Um, did not think he would do a thing this year, but Last two weeks, he's gotten 15 and 13 carries, 90 and 60 yards, and three touchdowns between the two. Um, it looks like he's kind of taken over this backfield, and he's going to run with it. Yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're splitting time. So, I mean, you in bye weeks, that's fine. Absolutely go for it. Um, but oddly enough, one of the things I'm looking at is Philadelphia has the best uh, fantasy playoff schedule. So, FYI, before your trade, uh, trade deadline go look at it um, I just acquired Carson Wentz in a in a league that favors the quarterbacks by a lot in the scoring system but um, because I'm just gearing up for those uh, those weeks yeah, very confident but I, I will say like I looked at this and agreed but it's weeks 13 14 and 15 so when you make it to the championship right because you're listening to this podcast and you're going to make the championship they play Dallas that's not a great matchup I mean, potential for shootout, but Dallas' defense is pretty stout. 
But yeah, I mean, 13, right, 14, and, 15, and you're you getting to the playoffs. For that. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, so next game, oh, two of the worst teams in the NFL square off and somehow an exciting game between Washington and Miami. It's in Miami. Miami's still not favored. <laughs> They're actually three and a half point dogs. Uh, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm taking Washington because Miami's not even trying to win. Washington isn't trying much harder, but I think they're still trying to win. You know, I actually think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points in this game. Um, Case Keenum started, you know, played three full games at the beginning of this year. He was over 300 yards in two out of the three and threw two touchdowns in all three. Uh, You know, McLaren is the top wide receiver, but I'm concerned about him being matched up with Xavier Howard. If he is, then, you know, you're looking more at Trey Quinn or Paul Richardson. Um, What's interesting is Miami's lowest quarterback, um, you know, performance against them, if you will, was Phillip Rivers, who scored 18 points. And don't forget that Case Keenum at one point supported Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders as top wide receivers. So he can do it. And if he could do that throughout an entire season, he can handle Miami. And then on the other side, don't forget, they just came off a bye. They're at home. But uh, Preston Williams has 19 targets over the last two weeks. Targets are what you chase, not performance. And then Kalen Balazs has been reduced to running back three, if anything. Um, and don't forget about Mark Walton, who averaged over 100 yards per game his last two years at University of Miami. So um, if you've got a deep bench, he's worth picking up because if something were to happen to Kenyon Drake, uh, Walton, I would say, would be a, a, a smash start. Yeah, I like that. And I, I we were talking again before the show, but I like Kenyon Drake um, in some, some tournaments this week as – a very, very cheap option to potentially produce. And Adrian Peterson, I like far, far more because I like the the Redskins to get up in this game and control the clock. And why not run a, a 45-year-old running back into the ground, right, when you're kind of in rebuilding phase? They wanted to give him the ball more. Um, so I think that Adrian Peterson come out and have 26 carries, 120 yards, a touchdown or two, if they're just milking clock in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Miami gave up uh, 22 points to Mark Ingram, 21 points to Tony Pollard, you know, 16 to Ezekiel Elliott, 29 to Austin Eckler. So there's, there's, you know, start your running backs against Dolphins. So absolutely. Yep. All right, next game. This is my lock of the week. Mr. Marcotte's pick of the week. San Francisco Ooh, 49ers right. at the Los Angeles Rams. Undefeated 49ers going into L.A., who you could say is kind of underperformed this year based on what they did last year, right? The offense hasn't been 35 points a game. They haven't been kind of taking the world by storm. But I like the Rams in this this game. Uh, San Fran's coming off a short week, right? They played on Monday night. They beat up on the Browns. They had 10 days to do that. Now they're going into Rams territory. Um, Rams have to prove that they're an elite team. They're going to go off that mantra of, all right, San Fran's undefeated. Let's take down one of the only two undefeateds because New England obviously isn't losing anytime soon. Um, I think the Rams blow the Niners out. I think both the tackles for the Niners are out. 
So Aaron Donald plugging up the middle, and he's not even plugging it. He literally gets to the quarterback every single time up the middle. Then you have the Rams' ends on the pass rush. I think Jimmy G is going to be – he's going to see a pass rush like he hasn't seen this year. Even even the Browns going to get to him. It's going to rattle him a little bit, and um, all they're going to do is stack that box for the running game. San Fran's running game is amazing with Breida, uh, Moster, and now Tevin Coleman back, but – I think they really get shut down. They can't get a lead early. They're going to be forced to throw, and they're not going to be able to catch up. Okay, so if you are um, Kyle Shanahan, and you know that the tackles are out, and the Rams have underperformed, and the, but they do have that very nice D-line, how would you scheme around that? I don't know, and maybe that's why I'm not uh, a coach, but no, I uh, don't know what I'm doing. Shanahan... The Shanahan system is so great, right, only to uh, Drew Brees at throwing screens. So um, not that that changes the out end, uh, um, you know, outcome of the game, but I'm, I'm really liking Brita and Coleman this week against the Rams just because I, I see a lot of little passes going through and, you know, you get I, a lot like of Frida, four yard yeah. catches You're doing it. I've been starting Brita pretty much every single week, and especially in the league we're in. Um, kept him for five bucks. I love starting him. I think he's going to have a big fantasy day, but I don't see San Fran staying in this game for four quarters, only running the ball against the Rams. And I think Goff is just getting better and better each week. Um, the pass rush is decent for the Niners, but, uh, that play action really opens it up. Goff's the best play action quarterback in the league. I don't think the, the Niners are going to get to him as often as they need to. Cause when he has got a clean pocket, he's one of the best in the league. And then, the top bottom tier when he's getting a good pass rush against him. But um, yeah, Rams blow out lock of the week. All right. Um, what's interesting is the Rams to opposing quarterbacks. The top performance they've given up to was Andy Dalton in week two at 16 points. So yeah. be, be wary of starting Jimmy G or Godwin or anybody else, anybody not named Kittle for that uh, receiving core at all. Right. Also, That's Robert tough. Woods is number two in touchdown positive regression. So, um, you know, I uh, what was it? Uh, Cooper Cup did it last week. Um, I think it's going to be a Robert Woods week. I love that. I'm riding that wave too with you. All right. Atlanta at Arizona. Somehow Atlanta's favored. I mean, Atlanta has done nothing but disappoint over and over and over again. Yeah, their offense is good, high-flying. Matt Ryan can throw the football, and they have some good pass catchers. But the team sucks. I mean, they can't run the ball, and their defense is one of the worst in the league. I'm not really sure how they're favored in this game. I'm not betting this game, but I think Arizona wins. I think it's a shootout. They're getting better and better, and I think they win this. I, I I would pick the the Falcons. It's another indoor game, and uh, you know Arizona has given up three twenty six point performances to quarterbacks and four eighteen point performances to tight ends. So, you know, no news. You're starting all of the Falcons, and then you oh, look yeah. at Arizona and Keyshawn Johnson stepped into that number two role while Christian Kirk was out. Um, have to check on that to see who comes back. Um, but I mean, you watch the Cardinals and it's dink and dunk. It's like schemed dink and dunk, not, you know, Alex Smith dink, dink and dunk. And it's just not effective. I mean, they're getting a lot of catches and they're extending the plays, but all it really is is an extension of their running game. So, um, you know, this, this whole air 
what do they call it? Air raid. Air raid. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of air. There's a lot of air left out on that. But the biggest thing I'm looking at for this game personally is uh, David Johnson, right? He's got the injury. They thought it would get better. It didn't. If David Johnson is out, Chase Edmonds is a smash start. Absolutely. I mean, he's been so pretty decent with David Johnson in the league or in the in the lineup. But I like Christian Christian Kirk in this one coming back. I believe he's coming back. And if he is, I mean, the Falcons give up ridiculous lines to wide receivers. And I think Fitz is going to get his regardless. But Kirk's the one who's getting more targets and is young, fresh, and is willing to blow up in this. One thing I think you didn't really touch on, and I don't know if you missed it or you don't believe it, but last game. Kyler Murray had 10 rushes for 93 yards. 56 of those yards were on design runs for him. That is the most by any quarterback this season. And that's what they need to do because he's 5'10", 200, and he is a little bullet being shot out of that backfield. And I think he can burn the the Falcons very deep. I like him to really blow up in this game, too, in terms of DFS. If, I mean, if you got him on your team, you're starting him, right? But if you have another quarterback around that range, I think Kyler's a top-five quarterback this week. Yeah, I'd like to see all the designed runs, you know, again. But, um, you know, it, it's nice to see an offense changing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see We'll see if it continues to change or not. But, right. I mean, you're, you're starting him. I mean, that Atlanta defense is, is just horrible and exactly what you want for fantasy points, right? Right. A, a, you're play, when your guy is playing against a terrible defense, who that, that player's offense is good. Yep. So uh, you want that shootout. Yeah. Next, next game could be a little more interesting than I would have said a couple of weeks ago. But Dallas Cowboys travel to New York to play the Jets, and we have the return of Sam Darnold who started this year, looked really good. I mean, preseason first week, he looked really good, um, given the Jets' hope, and then he went down with mono, which is very unfortunate. Um, and, and Dallas, like, I still think Dallas is a top five, top six team, but they're three and two, and that, that doesn't scream like a top five team, but they're they're favored by seven on the road, which I think is pretty steep um, with the return of Darnold. Maybe they think that... He's going to be a little rusty here, but um, as much as I don't want to do it, I'm taking the Jets plus seven at home to at least put up a fighting chance. Wow, I don't, I don't know if I could do that just with Donald finally coming back and you know his brand new weapon he's never played a game with before in Demarius Thomas, um, who by the way had nine targets last week and played 78% of the snaps. So if for some reason Demarius Thomas is available in your league, go get him, please, just do it. Um, I don't know. I, with Michael Gallup coming back with, uh, with Dallas, I, I just see that offense just being way too much for the Jets. Yeah, we, we'll see. Jets defense has been pretty good. Um, not top tier by any means, but I feel like their Broncos were the, the strongest under, un, or no win team. I feel like the Jets are close to that, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, they've had some, you know, pretty bad injury luck. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, they've on, played Buffalo, Cleveland, Max, but... New England, Philly. I mean, three, all four teams are talented, right? Buffalo and Cleveland are middle of the pack. New England's the best, and Philly's still a top five team. So they're zero and four, but I mean, it's a tough zero and four. <laughs> and then they played Dallas this week, New England, then Jacksonville. 
before playing Miami. Uh, they, they might be that's on a, that's a rough. seven. But yeah, love Gallup. Glad he came back. I got him on a ton of teams. Showed out his first week back. Um, awesome recovery from the meniscus. So happy to see him out there. Next one. Very unexciting game. Um, could have some fantasy impact, I guess. I mean, Tennessee at Denver. Lowest implied total of the week at 40. Um, started as a pick and now Denver's favorited by two. Just the, the home home field bias. Uh, I, I do like how Denver played last week. I mean, I, I pegged him to get their first win. Two in a row might seem like a stretch, but I think they're going to do it. I mean, I think they had tough losses. They played good teams. I think they're better than a, a one and four team. In Tennessee, you never know what team shows up, right? But uh, Denver defense is pretty stout. I don't think they can control the game with Henry, and I don't think Henry breaks a lot of big runs. So I think Denver wins this in a, a very slow but steady game. Yeah, it's one of those where Denver's record doesn't really reflect, you know, what they're capable of because they're two game-winning fields away from being three and two. So, yep. but when you look at Denver, you know, they've got Chris Harris, so they're definitely susceptible to the, you know, wide receiver two on the opposing team, if you will. The question is, who is that for Tennessee? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to guess Adam Humphreys this week because Chris Harris will not follow Humphreys to the slot. Um, so if you had to start a tight ends wide receiver for whatever reason, if you lost a bet and have to stand in a banana costume on the side of the, sh- on the side of the road, go with Humphreys. All right. Um, but what is interesting is that Denver has given up three 22 point performances, um, you know, to running back. So start Henry, flex Humphreys and then you look at Denver and you know it's it's really looking like the changing of the guard is coming is faster than than anybody thought you know we were all amazed that Emmanuel Sanders came back so fast from Achilles injury which is you know maybe we need to start adjusting our own perceptions about these types of injuries as we have in the past but Sutton you know Cortland Sutton out snapped him every week and last week he had seven targets to Sanders's one target so um, but at the end of the day, Tennessee has done pretty well against uh, quarterbacks. So really the only ones I'm looking to start here are Corden Sutton and Noah Fant if you're in a pinch. Because that's really the only place that Tennessee is um, vulnerable. But um, yeah, I, I could see why it's the low scoring game of the week just because I think the defenses are going to show up in this one. Yeah, and I mean, if you have Sanders, I, I'm not benching him. I'm not playing him at all in any uh, regular fantasy leagues and redraft. But I mean, Flacco only threw 20 passes last week. Lindsay rushed it 15 times, Freeman 13, uh, Sutton got four, Lindsay got four. So, I mean, that's kind of their offense now, right? Is a little dick and dunk grounded into the, the, or run it into the ground. Both these teams kind of do the same thing, but I want to give up hope on Sanders, but I think Sutton is definitely the better play um, now and long-term. I, I just think there are a lot of, uh, I think there are a lot of better plays this week. Like in one league, um, I'm benching Sanders for um, Daenerys Robinson. So, uh, okay, yeah. Or, I mean, hard to argue against anybody over a chief. Uh, injuries, yeah. uh, we'll do that to you too. All right, this game would have been much more exciting the start of the year and then more exciting two weeks ago, but Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to L.A. to play the Chargers. Opened at five and a half to the Chargers, now at seven to the Chargers. I'm not touching this game uh, with a third string quarterback who I don't really know anything about, to be quite honest. Um, 
I would take the Chargers all day if I had to bet it, but the line's at 41 and a half. So, I mean, this Pittsburgh's defense is still pretty good, but this is shaping up to just be like a, a weird game for both fantasy and betting, where it's not implying a lot of points scored here between two typically high-powered offenses. Yeah, I mean, this game has so many red flags around it that I'm actually benching uh, Smith-Schuster um, wherever I can. If I've got a reasonable, um, you know, solid start, I'm I'm benching him because for Pittsburgh, the only one I'm starting is uh, James Conner. I just I I don't want to start anybody else. It to me, this looks like it could just be an ugly game, right? Third string quarterback is not, you know, you're not getting a Gardner Minshew in the as a third quarterback, right? right. Um, and you're starting all your uh, chargers, you know, Mike Williams doesn't have a touchdown yet this year, you know, oh, yeah. love that regression coming back. He's going to score at some point. Yeah. Um, but you're starting Gordon, you're starting Eckler. Eckler is basically a wide receiver three as a masquerading as a, as a running back as, you know, yep. I should say splitting roles. Right. Cause he's half running back and half wide receiver three, which is amazing for fantasy. Um, so, I mean, you're starting all of them, but this is going to be a pretty, uh, boring game to watch. I'm not, I'm not really interested in it. You in on Melvin Gordon yet? Are you giving it another couple of weeks? No. I mean, if you've got Gordon, and you've been holding him on, you have to start him, especially in a game like this, where they're at home against a third string quarterback. If it's not going to happen in this game, you're, you're, you know, I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as benching Juju, and I have him a couple of leagues. I don't, I don't think you bench a, a second-round pick, but we'll, well, I would like to see if that pans out for you because you're going to be a, a god in the fantasy world if if that actually happens, especially with a third stringer coming in. He's going to trust his number one guy. I mean, he might get 15 targets if they're falling behind, but Deontay Johnson has looked pretty decent and serviceable as a, a pickup recently. And, yeah, Mason Rudolph's out, so we don't know what to expect, but – um, and your guys out too, James Washington. Yeah, I've given up on that. I think I've dropped him in pretty much every <laughs> single league. Man, he's a disappointment. Hey, it was it was it was a better call than um, uh, Moncrief. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then I got hit hard with the Toronto Allison, who's been super frustrating because he's got the opportunity and he's got touchdowns, but he's not getting the volume or consistency that you want. And speaking yeah, of Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Speaking of Green Bay, Great we second. have Detroit going to Green Bay in the Sunday night football matchup. Love this game in terms of football wise. Um, Detroit is much improved. They play a, a great balanced offensive attack and their defense is way more stout than it gets credit for. Green Bay, same exact story, right? It's not the Green Bay of old. And that is very disappointing. Um, for primetime games and for fantasy owners alike, because Aaron Rodgers is borderline droppable. Um, but Aaron Jones is finally breaking out. Jamal Williams. I mean, Green Bay has went from the number one passing offense of the last five, six years to a team where you can start two running backs in fantasy, which is pretty crazy. But Matt LaFleur, LaFleur changed this up and Dante Adams is out. Um, Detroit seems like the play here, but I'm going to go Green Bay at home. I don't think they're going to give up something on the road or on the on to Detroit on the road. Right. I think they're going to play this very tough. Four points is a lot. I would love it to see be a field goal, but I'd take Green Bay here. Interesting. I'm, I'm actually taking Detroit on this one. Just 
Um, you know, we'll see if Jamal Williams is able to fully go or not. I mean, I you saw he was practicing, so we'll see. Um, but Detroit just coming in off the bye. They just shut down Patrick Mahomes on the, in their last game. And and really the, the way you get to Green Bay is through your running back. And Kerryon Johnson's a very capable running back. So, you know, I love, love, love Johnson um, this week. And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's very weird to look at it, the Packers, as a running offense. I mean, yep. you know, Aaron Rodgers is, what, 35 now? 34, 35? So what what is the change? I, that's another one. This one and, and Baker Mayfield – like I don't I don't understand it at all yeah and I mean I don't think it's Rodgers at all I just think it's scheme and and what they're doing and it's it's very different I mean they're just not utilizing the same routes the same offensive mindset I mean they're they are just run first whereas Green Bay used to throw on first down even if it was a little short play but um I don't know Green Bay's defense has been awesome so far so I don't know I I'm really excited to watch the game either way I'm not. I'm not betting it. No, it, um, but it, I think. it it should absolutely be a good game. But you know, you look at the Packers and you've got Aaron Rodgers and you hire a ground and pound off, you know, coach. Like I it's don't. Weird. That make that that to me makes no sense. I mean, the only thing I could see is that maybe this is the week, or maybe Knox Detroit's defense is good, but maybe they flip a switch and they start doing it a little differently. I I don't know, but. Rodgers yeah. is, is not where you want him to be from a fantasy perspective. I can tell you that much. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, really with this game, I'm starting um, carry on Johnson. Um, you know, you're starting Galladay or, and Marvin Jones. You're starting Rodgers because you have him. And I don't know about the rest. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't trust the receivers. You don't know if it's MBS or Allison and, one of them will probably get a touchdown, if not two. But Jimmy Graham's on little to nothing, so I don't know. You just don't know who to play here. The, the only sneaky start I have here is um, Williams, if he goes. I picked him up, played him. Yeah, relaxed, that's a good call. Yeah, and sorry, I misspoke that. That's the Monday night game, not the Sunday night game. That's the last one on the docket for this week. A lot of good football, um, some good fantasy stuff, some potential dud fantasy games but uh, overall i mean we're starting to see what these teams are all about what they do what they do well what they don't do well um and who's shaping up to have a chance at the playoffs right i mean we have a lot of winless teams and we have a couple undefeated so um the parody's there as usual it's a good old nfl i'm, I'm a little afraid it's already in week six which is sad but um it's not over Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that Texans Chiefs game. That's gonna be oh, yeah. that's gonna be fun to watch. Oh yeah, I wish that was the primetime game. Right? Can we get them to flex that into the night game? <laughs> yeah, right. Get, too get late the Steelers to, to and Chargers out of there. Yeah, yeah use exactly. your connections. All right. Well, yeah. that is oh, it, Piggies, for the week six rundown. Um, Alan and I will not be here next week, but we'll try to get back on track the week after that. Um, as usual, send us any questions, thoughts, podcast topics through Twitter. Um, leave a comment on the website, whatever you want. We're down to, to run through some stuff. We might do some fantasy strategy and game theory 
in some upcoming episodes, but would love to hear the the fans' thoughts on what, what would be a good topic to talk about. And absolutely hit us up for any start sick questions you've got, any especially any roster construction. Should I add this person? Should I drop this person? Um, I think that's really what the, what we're looking at. Plus, then the the betting. You know, we're oh, hit yeah. us up and uh, and we'll see if we can help you out there. Yeah, Kyle, Robert, and I do the NFL six pack each week. So check out the article, see who, what three we I take, what three Kyle takes. Um, hint, mine are better. <laughs> All right, Alan. <laughs> good talking to you, man. We'll be back in touch soon. You too. Have a good one. I'm in the studio like every single night, and it's all sounding good, but soon ain't right. So I hit it with my heart, turn down the lights, turn on my headphones and focus on the mic. I'm in the studio like every single night, and it's all sounding good, but soon ain't right. So I hit it with my heart, turn down the lights. This podcast is brought to you by Aaron Marcotte and Alan Bassett of FakePigskin.com. Follow Aaron Marcotte on Twitter at M-I-S-T-E-R-M-A-R-K-O-T. That's Mr. Marcotte. And Alan Bassett is at RocketHound19. Spelled as it sounds.